Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 17th of November, year of our Lord 2020. Just off the heels of another episode of Shoot the J, welcome back. Last episode was, I think, like less than 12 hours ago, maybe somewhere around there. Um, I've got my sleepy voice right now. I've, I've been awake for like maybe 45 minutes, but it's important that I record this episode. It's important that I'm able to get all my thoughts out there now. Um, just while it's all still fresh in my mind, while we're all still thinking about it, while we're all still talking about it, as it was maybe 12 hours ago that the notification breaks, it breaks, the true holiday is headed to Milwaukee. Something that we all kind of knew was a possibility. And although I don't know his actual name, except for Ryan, Ryan and six, a.k.a. D'Lo to Milwaukee from Bucks Twitter. You know, the Jersey swap guy, the one we all love him, right? I don't know his last name, but Ryan, we all we all love him. It's always been like a meme. The Bucks are going to get every good player and the Jersey swaps that he does. Well, first of all, they just pulled off two of them last night. So the job's almost done. We're almost there, like two of 70. But let's start with the first one, Drew Holiday. Coming to Mil- and I realize I kind of just alienated a lot of people because if you're not intertwined with Bucks Twitter and you don't know who Ryan is, that's not going to mean a lot to you. But for those of you who did, I hope you appreciated that. Here's the thing. Trade breaks and you're kind of like, all right, well, it's true holiday, so there's going to be a little bit of a beefy return, right? It's going to be a little bit hefty, um, and I'm expecting Dante to be in there, which is, you know, it is what it is. But instead, the return comes out. And at first, it's George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, and draft compensation. And I'm like firing up the video. Okay, like that's a steal. I don't care. The draft capital is not going to matter, especially when you're going to be a contending team. Those picks are going to be like kind of meh anyways. Then the video is done, and I'm uploading it. And then we see significant draft capital. I say, okay, well, you know, it is what it is. But then we see three first-round picks and two future pick swaps. And that stings. It really does. But here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to say the same thing that I've been saying for the last 12 hours. I know we say it as a joke that I'm a Bucks fan now, not a Pistons fan. Like, I just root for the Bucks, And it's not true. Like, of course I love the Bucks, but I'm always going to be a Pistons fan at heart. But the good news is that because I'm so intertwined with the fan base in Milwaukee, I've been able to adopt a lot of their perspectives and see things from from their point of view, which is something that a lot of national outlets can't do. And that was on display last night when everybody has too much for Drew Holiday. I would never give up that much for a fringe all-star. I don't care how good he is defensively. You never, that's too many picks. I don't understand how this is so hard for people to grasp. This was about keeping Giannis more than anything else. This was about showing him that you are willing to do anything. Bolded, italicized, underlined, mortgaging your future just to get him to stay. To convince him to stay. That you're willing to purge all of your assets to put the best team around him. And they did that just by getting Drew Holiday. We haven't even gotten to the Bogdan Bogdanovich sign-in trade yet, but we'll get there. So Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and essentially five picks 
in exchange for Drew Holiday. So let's be real for a second. They essentially just gave up a Paul George um, haul for Drew Holiday. Because if you remember the Paul George trade was, I believe, SGA, Gallinari, and five firsts. So it like kind of ended up being a little bit the same in principle, but like not really. You get what I'm saying. But John Horst is a businessman who made a business move, and he did what he had to do at the 11th hour. You think Milwaukee would do this if they were a 1,000% sure that Giannis was staying? There's very clearly some skepticism there. There's very clearly some like, I don't know, man. Like, he could walk. We really have to do this. And in an, in an ideal world, you would have fired Budenholzer. Because then you feel confident with pretty much no matter who you get going into the playoffs. Maybe you won't be as dominant in the regular season, or maybe you won't win 60 again. Um, but I, I know that most guys would at least play their best players in the playoffs, and that's kind of all you're really looking for. When you have a roster like this, they're going to figure it out. The coach matters, but it doesn't matter as much as it does for, say, Detroit. You know what I mean? But... Apparently, behind closed doors, Giannis was like, please don't fire Bud. And Bucks fans correctly pointed out that that Giannis also said the same thing about Jason Kidd. So he's almost loyal to a fault. And I get it in principle. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have listened to Giannis this time. But it's not the right time to piss him off. And I, I can't really imagine that they did that now. Milwaukee's defense this season is going to be next level. And I think Detroit may be lucky to score 70 points against them. Same thing can be said about, like, eight or nine teams in the league. It's going to be a bloodbath defensively with Milwaukee. The way they're going to be able to space the floor, especially with Bogdanovich now, too, it's going to be incredible. Giannis finally has uh, that initiator, that playmaker alongside him, albeit not a Chris Paul-level uh, playmaker, but one nonetheless, and an upgrade from Bledsoe and George Hill, who I'm never, I'm never going to slight either of them because I always loved both of them dearly. Obviously, George Hill, especially as, a, as an individual person, a human being, immaculate. There's not a bad thing that you can say about him. But, it, you know, as far as basketball goes, Drew Holiday is objectively better. So I'm excited. I mean, you also get off the Bledsoe contract, and that's really fun. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Then just like, I think maybe an hour after that, maybe an hour, I think it was like 30 to 45 minutes, the Bogdanovich sign and trade is made official. And the whole, my thing of like, oh my gosh, how did uh, Dante DiVincenzo, how did he survive that trade? How did he do that? How? Well, then it's like, okay, well, if Bogdanovich is in Milwaukee now, <laughs> that means Dante is definitely in Sacramento. Sure enough, a few minutes later, Dante DiVincenzo, Ersan Ilyasova, and DJ Wilson headed to the Kings in exchange for Bogdan Bogdanovich in a sign-and-trade. Now, the Kings definitely kind of got fleeced here, considering DiVincenzo's the only good asset in this deal. But And I don't even mean, like, good as, like, a well, I guess if you have to pick someone. No, like, Dante, Bucks fans are, like, I think it's, like, 90-10 or, like, maybe 80-20 in favor of him because there is a, a contingency of Bucks fans who just hate him, which is wild to me. Um, and I don't want to keep regurgitating all of the same points that I was making on Twitter last night, but Dante is such a promising two-way guy that I think Sacramento is going to really enjoy, especially if they're moving on from Buddy Heald. 
uh, which, I mean, all signs are pointing in that direction, so I would say that's probably going to happen. So Dante's going to be your featured two uh, alongside De'Aaron, and that's fun. I, I, I think that's really fun. So we'll see what happens there. And I had asked this question um, just a little bit ago when I mentioned to you guys that I was going to be recording this episode. Hey, guys, if you have any questions for me, Bucks fans, shoot them my way. I kind of I, I knew a little bit what I was going to be getting, um, and I was right. So let's just do the Twitter question thing now, I guess. Now, like I said, it was <clears> – <throat> excuse me incredibly obvious like elephant in the room i knew what the questions were going to be it was asked it was the same thing masked in like six different ways what is milwaukee going to do in free agency because if you don't know right now the bucks have a starting five of drew holiday chris middleton uh bogdan bogdanovich Giannis, and brooke lopez that is killer that is like, even if the Nets don't get James Harden, even if the Nets get like Sergi Baca and they just stand pat with what they have, I feel really good about that high-profile offensive team on the East Coast in Brooklyn versus this grit-and-grind um, defensive team up in Milwaukee. That is must-see box office TV. That's going to be extraordinary basketball. But on the bench... They have Justin James, who they just got from Sacramento. And they have Giannis's little brother. So what are they going to do, right? They only got seven guys. Right? They got eight more to go. How are they going to navigate this? And it's a good question. And it's kind of the only question. So I mentioned this last night. I think some people thought I was kidding. I, I most definitely wasn't. Frank Mason is going to be a really interesting guy to watch in Milwaukee's rotation next season. And even if you don't think that he'll actually be bumped up from the G League, um, I would just, I guess, challenge you to try to come up with anybody else who could do it. Who else is like, who else they're going to get? You know what I mean? And I was really big on Frank at, at, at Kansas. Like he was one of my favorite players at America. Then he goes to Sacramento and this was like before my Kings, my true Kings fandom, but he just wasn't, he just wasn't there. Um, then he plays in the G league for Milwaukee last season, wins the MVP. So it's like, Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So you're a good basketball player. You're still a good basketball player. And I've mentioned this twice in the last 24 hours and a whole bunch of other times before some guys are just perennial G league players. And that's it. That's the end of it. There's nothing wrong with it. You're still better than 90% of the people on the planet. Certainly better than me, but sometimes it just doesn't translate at the next level. Frank Mason could be a late bloomer, 100%. And I think having that experience and being able to be, I guess, sort of masked behind an elite starting five um, is going to be really interesting. And I think you will see Frank next season. If not for all 82 games, I'd say at least half of them. And then with everybody else on the roster... This is actually, I don't want to forget to say this, so I want to mention this really quick. The biggest issue that everybody has been talking about, obviously, is, okay, like, what are the Bucks going to do in the playoffs if Bud's not going to play their best players? Well, and I didn't, I haven't heard the quote, but I've seen it thrown around like three or four times, that apparently John Horst had a presser yesterday um, and was like, we want to have a roster of like five highly paid guys five six highly paid guys and then the we're just the rest is just bottomed out 
in like mid-level just veteran guys, guys that we can just go to off the bench. So it sounds like he's trying to circumvent the Budenholzer issue from his own chair. Like he's like, well, why don't I just figure this out? Because Mike's not going to do it, which is good. He's addressing the issue and he sees it. And I know I said, you probably could have figured this out by just firing him. But again, then you don't want to make Giannis mad. So it's like, even if the Bucks bench isn't great, which let's get back to that. Who are they going to go after in free agency? It's going to be a lot of mid-level guys. And I know people are like, well, what about Gallinari? I am sorry. What about him? I just don't think it can happen. I know that there was a report that came out that said Dallas was interested in offering him the full mid-level, but he like there were just teams that were going to offer more money. So if he was willing to take a pay cut for a team that you know he knew was going to um, be really good, right? Then that's one thing, but you still don't want to use anything close to the full mid-level. And like Harry Giles is a guy that was also brought up to me yesterday, and initially I said no. But then I started thinking about it a little bit after they got Gallinari. And I was like, I think I still don't think he's going to. I do not think Harry Giles is going to the Bucks, But I feel like because their position at the in the in the front court is so thin. Maybe he'll like take a little bit less money. He's not going to command that much anyways, I don't think, because he's been hurt a lot and hasn't proven unless you're really, really watching. He hasn't proven a ton. Um. So I don't think he's going to command that much. So I just wonder if he'd take like a one-year deal for like four, five million. I really don't know. I really, really don't know. I have no idea what the market on him is going to look like. So I also kind of don't think Harry's going to be an option. Just bring back Larry Sanders at this point. Get Larry Sanders back in the league. We'd all love to see that. I know I would. I always really loved him. It was really sad when he left. After that, though. I saw on Reddit somebody was like, Bucks should go. And this was before the Drew Holiday and Gallinari signing even happened. But they were like, um, go after Isaiah Thomas on a veteran minimum. Good. Send it. I love it. No problems with it at all. That's what it's going to be. Ultimately, instead of giving you guys a bunch of names, here's what I'm going to say. Whether it's the heat of the mid-2010s, whether it's the Warriors, whether it's like the 17-18 Cavs, whether it's potentially this year's Nets team if they decimate their roster to get James Harden, etc. All of these quote unquote super teams, and and I'm not I'm not speaking totally like one to one comparatively. I'm just saying in principle, when you have teams of this magnitude where their starting five is just top to bottom loaded, what you see a lot of the times is they're struggling to fill out their roster, and let me tell you something: it never matters. The Lakers were doing it last year after they got Anthony Davis. They were struggling to fill their roster. And I know it's difficult to use a LeBron-led team as an example for any of this because that's just a, that's in its different paradigm. That's that's a different whole different conversation. I get it. That's why I'm saying this isn't a one-to-one. But it'll materialize and you're going to look at it and say, "You know what? That's fine. You're going to talk yourself into the value of a lot of these guys." But not in the sense that like you had to talk yourself into DJ Wilson being good, which he never was. But I, I applaud Bucks fans for trying for like two years. He was never good. And you guys were <laughs> – there was never anything there. You're going to see a roster of like just this random batch of guys. It happens every year when these teams load up. 
And we're going to look at it and say, you know what, that's fine. And the Bucks are definitely going to have to, beyond the first quarter, stagger their guys. You know, you're not going to have full first unit, full second unit. You're going to be staggering a lot of players. Maybe, I don't know, Chris comes out after like six minutes and then starts the second quarter with Brooke or something like that. And you kind of just go from there. And then when closing time comes around, you bring your guys out again. I really don't think Bucks fans should worry about it. I mean, there should be a little bit of like, I just hope we're not idiots and, you know, we actually get competent players. Like, you don't want to end up with like Henry Allenson. But I don't think I, – I, <laughs> listen, I know you're, 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 you're riding high right now. I know it's like, we just got Drew Holiday. We just got Bogdan Bogdanovich. Don't turn into Nets fans. Don't think you can get everybody all of a sudden. Which is a whole different conversation that I actually might have been wrong about Nets fans thinking they can get anybody because they might be able to get James Arden. Which is a different episode that I don't want to get into right now. John Horst had an amazing night. And I am so happy for him and for Bucks fans for doing what needed to be done. And I'm going to keep saying the same thing about the necessary price that was paid. It's a necessary part of the business. Milwaukee had zero leverage. Zero. And they hands were tied. Didn't have a choice. And I know Drew Holiday has a player option after this season. He could leave. He's not going to. If Giannis stays, Drew is going to stay. Oh, Nick, what about it in a doomsday situation? They both leave. Then you flip Chris. Uh, you can't even flip Dante anymore because he's gone. <laughs> Chris will get you some of it back. But the, what, five total picks, three firsts, you'll get maybe a quarter of that back. Maybe. It's kind of all you got. Bucks also, it was just reported, they also possess the uh, 42nd and 60th pick in this year's draft. There's two guys for you. Who should they get at 42? Because that's probably going to end up being the more interesting pick. Uh, if Marcus Howard is there, that's kind of fun. If Cassius is there, Cassius Winston, I don't think that's a terrible pick either. I think that's fun. A doomsday scenario? You want to talk about a doomsday scenario for Milwaukee where I'll totally flip the script on them and I will not support them as the next NBA champions because they're not going to win? Do not draft Nico Mannion. I am not being funny right now. Stay as far away from Nico Mannion as you possibly can. Otherwise, Marcus Howard, Cassius Winston, send it. Full send. Love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I forgot to say anything this time. Nothing that hasn't already been said. Hope this was fun. I'm really excited. I kept my composure in check, not like I was last night. If you made it this far, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. I will catch you guys in the next one.